Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. We caught up here today with Jose Vizquiera, who's the president and CEO of O3 Mining. We like this story. It's come out of the Cisco stable. Um, they have done a little bit of decluttering and house tidying, and kind of focused on two projects uh, at the moment. We talked through what they're going to be doing on both those to develop the uh, PEAs into PFS uh, later this year. They've raised a lot of money recently, uh, which is going to enable them to do a lot of drilling. Uh, we talked to them about um, their plans for fitting that information into the marketplace. What are the uh, timelines, catalysts that we should be looking for? If you want our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, uh, the topics discussed, the CEO and the company, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also find detailed company reports and analysis. There's commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of com uh, commodities and companies, including our weekly shows on there. Um, training courses for your uh, pleasure. If you would uh, like to improve your diligence process, we've got summaries of interviews uh, too, just to save you some time because you tell us you're quite busy. And if you want to join a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, friendly, and safe environment, free from trolling, judgment, or abuse, uh, you can go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. I think you'll find it uh, useful and you'll like it. Jose, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for inviting us. It's great. No, fantastic. Good, good to have you on. Uh, it's quite a story. We've been wanting to hear this story for a while. Um, so I appreciate that. So where, let's start with where are you? I'm right now outside of Toronto, as you can imagine, and uh, we're doing very well. We're uh, spending time with the family as we should and taking advantage of that. Good, good, man. That's what, that's what we like to hear. Um, have you been taking part in the sort of BMO conference this week? Have you any, any feedback we, from that? We, we have, and it has been a very interesting. Uh, a, a lot of, uh, of inbounds, a lot of uh, conversations with different fans. Um, we had a lot of... Uh, I, I like to call it fun. We had a lot of fun, you know, talking about our story, passing the message, and uh, good, good times here. Okay, cool. Okay, glad, glad that's going well. Well, look, um, do me a favor, Jose. Could you just give me a one-minute overview of the business, and I'll pick it up with some questions from there. Absolutely. We are an exploration and developer company based in Quebec, specifically in Val d'Or. We assembled a very nice land package, probably the the most prospective land package right now within the Cadillac break. And we have there already 3.9 million ounces of gold and a PEA uh, with $423 million net present value at 5% discount rate. Beautiful. Okay, good. Um, we were researching your story. It was really busy. It seems to be a lot of moving parts in it. And I want to kind of deconstruct that, if I may, so I can understand what it is that we're, we're, we're looking at. Okay, so first of all, you're in Val d'Or, not a bad part of the world. A lot of M&A happening there at the moment. Um, what, how did you end up with projects in Valdor? Why did you pick that as a target? Well, Valdor is one of the most prospective grounds uh, in Earth, I would say. Uh, from a jurisdiction standpoint of view, it's one of the best places you can, you can choose. The law is always there. You also have the benefits of the flow through. So when you raise money, you're not diluting shareholders uh, as much as you do like in, a, in other jurisdictions. We feel very confident and comfortable with Valdor since our founders uh, built the largest uh, Canadian gold mine, uh, such as Canadian Malarte. And we feel very confident in, uh, and very happy to be in Valdor. Uh, Valdor is a, a place, again, where more than 
30 million ounces has already been produced, not found, but produced. So great place to be. Yeah, well, you better explain where the, what the O in O3 mining stands for then. Yeah, so <laughs> the O stands for the third version of uh, Obvious Cisco Mining Group. And uh, that's what uh, the three stands for, for O3 mining. Yes. Right. Okay. I thought we better make it a bit more obvious as to where, where that came from. Because there's a lot of M&A activity. People want to be there. Um, are you getting a bit of feedback in terms of you know your projects and people getting excited about the district? Uh, yes, of course. First of all, I must say that Valdor has both uh, high-grade and, and low-grade. Uh, high-grade with a history of La Ronde, Goldex, Lapa, uh, Sigma, Lamac. Uh, Kina, no, and the low grade has been uh, Canadian Malartic. So you have a little bit of, of both. In terms of uh, the MA activity within the area where we operate, we are essentially now the only one left uh, with less than $200 million. All the other players are now major players with more than $1.5 billion. Monarch was acquired by Yamana, QMX was acquired by um, Eldorado. And therefore, the only one left in the area close to infrastructure or, or very close to current infrastructure is ourselves. Right. Interesting. interesting. Okay. Well, let's, let's find out who um, yourselves are. So talk to me about the team experience relevant to what you're trying to do here. Well, we are a group of uh, young professionals uh, with a lot of experience, um, starting with our vice president of exploration, uh, Luis Gariepe. Uh, Luis is a French-Canadian uh, Quebecer that has been in the industry for more than 30 years, spent uh, a lot of the time uh, of his career with Noranda, then spent time actually where I come from in Peru. And now he's returning back to, uh, to give back to where he comes from and, uh, and hopefully coming and making more discoveries. Uh, within our team, we also have uh, our business development uh, person, Alex Rodriguez. He has been working for one of the largest uh, silver producers in Peru called Volcan. And, uh, and I think we wrap it up with, uh, with Sebastian Vigneur, which is uh, our exploration manager in Valdor, who has extensive experience and has been working in the region for the last 15 years. And I think something very important is that by being a group of young professionals, allow us to take chances that other professionals will not take. Like we did artificial intelligence into uh, alpha, and, and that is now bringing us a lot, of, uh, a lot of opportunities. We were able to rethink Marvan from a total clean structure. And now Marvan is a project that has a net present value of $400 million and an IRR of plus 20%, something that would have not been structured if you didn't think from a, from a clear standpoint of view, no? no? I think that is interesting. I definitely do want to talk about AI. I'm, I'm kind of thrilled by companies starting to use, well, change the way they approach mining because it needs to happen on many, many, many fronts. But look, um, we'll get onto that. Talk to me about what you set up, okay? I'm, I'm interested in always in the company's business plans. What do you, you've got to walk in with a plan. You've got to know what you're trying to do, and then you've got to have a strategy to deliver it. So to talk about when you started, what was it that you set out to try and build? I was set up really uh, many years ago. It's interesting. Uh, we're now in execution mode, really. Uh, when we put all the assets together into Cisco, we thought that everything was going to work perfectly at the beginning. Then we realized that some of the assets had more love by the market than the others. So 
we were not getting value in some of them. So we decided to put them into a company to start creating value. As part of that, the concept was always the same. We are going to build an intermediate producer company in Valdor, and we are going to get rid of all the non-core assets. Within that, when we did that operation, we started by getting rid of some of our assets that were outside of Valdor. Uh, we recently uh, got rid of, uh, of Garrison, which I prefer to call it reallocated in a place that fits better like in Moneta Porcupine, and they're building a very interesting project in Valdor with 8 million ounces. And now we're focused in Valdor in, a, in an area where, where the Cadillac break goes through. And this assembled package now will allow us to be very systematic in our exploration. Part of the issues that we have in these very old camps is the fact that it has always been fractionated. So people say, why, why nothing was found? Well, of course it was not found. If there is something here, the other thing here, you know, and you don't want to drill your, your, your competitor's crown, then nothing is being done. And it's not until these consolidations start to happen that suddenly you can start doing proper exploration, being very systematic. Proof of that is what we're doing here in, uh, in Alpha, where, you know, now you can put all the information together from geophysics to information from prospectors to theses from, uh, from, from PhDs and postdocs that suddenly you can put all together and then start working with the data. Right. Okay. It was interesting at the beginning of last year when you were sort of, um, however you want to phrase it, you were cleaning up the portfolio and cleaning up the balance sheet somewhat. Um, and, and I think that definitely did need to happen. And, and as part of this story, I'm, I'm keen to see how you continue to do that. The consolidation of, of assets is, is, is great, but you've then got to do something with these things. So you've raised a bit of money last year, uh, somewhere in the region of like 40 million in June. Your private placement. You've also just been through a process of 35 million raised. So you're not shy in raising money. Well, again, this goes back to what's your plan? What's your strategy? The strategy was always focused. We're going to put this into production in the next six years, period. In order to do that, you clean up the assets and you focus in the assets and create fundamental value. How do you do that? Right away, we went into there. We created a PEA. Now we're moving towards pre-fees. When do you raise money? When the money is there, as long as it makes sense. What is, the, what is the meaning of making sense? And for us, making sense is that we would never take money if we cannot create at least three times what we are diluted. That means if I'm raising $20 million, I need to have a clear target on where we are going to get enough resources that at least are going to be valued three times my investment. Now, on top of that, of course, if we do 10 times or 15 times in terms of fundamental value, great. But this is with the objective of within five years being in production and we keep moving fundamental value here and then discoveries. If we, if we bring discoveries as well, then that multiplies everything. So we work on those, on those fronts at the same time all the time. Okay, explain this to me because, again, CEOs come on here and they go, we're undervalued. We're going to create value. I'm going to go three times. Okay, you raised 40 million bucks last year. Share price hasn't really done anything yet. So how do you measure success in that sense? We're going to deliver three times um, value over what period? Because people would be looking at that going, well, you've not done that. Within a year. Uh, if I raise, for example, $40 million, which effectively get us a dilution of 10%, that's $20 million. 
Therefore, you run your discounted free cash flow on a particular area where you're going to devote a lot of your resources. That should give you at least $60 million in fundamental value. That's the beginning. So fundamental value is ready. From that point on, you start building, building onwards. And that is the point. If you cannot make the argument that you have a three times, you're not building here. So when we say we're undervalued, it's on the basis of fundamental value. It's not like, hey, I have two and a half million ounces. A lot of people have two and a half million ounces. The question is, are they economic or not? And that's what makes the difference between myself and our leadership and other companies. We focus on fundamental value on the basis of economics. From that point on, of course, we want the upside. But we're not just drilling here, here, and there. There is a clear objective of creating fundamental economic value for shareholders. Right. So between last year's raise of 40 million and your recent raise of 35 million, 75 million bucks, 150 million market cap company, explain to shareholders and prospective shareholders precisely how you deliver fundamental value. Well, we have now a pre-economic study, a PEA, with a $423 million. We have now in Alpha an area like Bulldog, where we have potential resources. What we like to call potential resources, maybe it's worth to explain that, it is when we drill every 100 meters. So it does not qualify to 43101 as an inferred resources, because in order to do that for this style of mineralization, you need to drill every 50. But we already know we have 500 meters by 500 meters at 100. What's the next step? Drill in the middle every 50. That's what we're doing now. That's what I'm saying. You have fundamental value. We internally call that potential resources. It's not an NI43101 term. It's an O3 term. And we, every time that we raise money, we're thinking about how much potential resource we're going to build. And that has to be three times because we know that the next step is just put it in the middle, elevate it in category. You keep building fundamental value. Okay, so you're doing that that step out, as it were, or that infill drilling, I, I, I should say. But it's, I think that's encouraging because a lot of companies do the shorthand version and they do small incremental step outs and not quite sure what they're going to find. You've obviously wanted to understand what you had geologically. We need. To, we are focusing on putting this into production. We, we don't lose that site. It's always put into production. Six years from here, put into production. In the middle, keep building fundamental value while you keep making discoveries. That's very important. Okay, good. So you want to be, you're not an exploration company. You're not a development company. You want to get into production. You're not just saying this. That's another thing CEOs say a lot. No, we want to get into production. If in the middle, of course, someone comes and wants to interrupt this, then great, but do it for a lot of money. Uh, meanwhile, we're going to keep building uh, the next intermediate gold producer in Valdor, same as what our founders did. Okay, fantastic. So, so let's talk about some of the assets that you've got. We, you, you mentioned, I think, your, your kind of flagship asset, Marban. So uh, where are you with that in terms of uh, how quickly will that get into production? What are the things that you need to do to get that into production? Six years. Marban will be put into production in the next six years. The reason for that is we need to go through a lot of uh, environmental permitting that it's going to take two to three years, uh, and we know that. We cannot lie anyone. That's the time that it takes. Meanwhile, we're going to be growing the resources, bringing the resources to, to down to earth, meaning by that that we are going to go from inferred to measure and indicated. We have the luxury right now of having two-thirds of our resources already in this high category of m &I, so we need to convert only one-third of the resources 
to the point of this last race, we're now converting from inferred to MNI, building fundamental value. Then that goes to pre-fees, then to fees, then back to production. How much money do we need to put into production? $250 million. Can we raise that? I think so. Uh, you raise $100 million, you get debt for another 150, you are there. If we manage to be very creative and uh, we manage to create synergies with other people that has uh, facilities around us, the capex is reduced by $100 million. That is part of the strategy and the vision. That goes back to execution. We always have a plan. The plan is to put into production. We know we can do it by ourselves, but we know we have to work in this other parallel side. So if we can bring the capex down, then it's much more value to shareholders. And talking of which, you've also optioned the mill, haven't you? We have an option for the mill, but that works only for Al, to be sincere. So okay. the mill so was sharing. But, but that, that's a great point because you asked me what's part of the strategy. And I told you, we want to put into production. When we bought the mill, we knew that it was the downside of the market. We knew we can get it for $5 million. And it's an option, not an obligation for six years. Now we have five years to decide if we want to buy it or not. But with that mill, we know that we can process anything that goes out from Alpha. And we have reduced essentially $55 million in CapEx towards the future of the, of the building the mine. Okay. So you've got a rather large drill program scheduled, I see. Where are you going yeah. to focus that? Very simple. We have two main projects um, in Valdor in the same jurisdiction. So half goes for Alpha, which essentially goes for expansion and discoveries. And half goes to Marban, where we are building fundamental value. And we have created this uh, way of explaining where we are converting resources inside the pit, expanding resources just outside the pit, making discoveries at depth. And that's what we're doing in Alpha. And one easy way to explain it is if you look at it like this, and we have two faults. In the first fault, we are looking for the open pit material. And then we continue drilling. And down here, we want to find the gold. <laughs> that's a discovery time. I just saw the gold. That's good. Um, <laughs> we're just looking at your results, right? There's been a lot of drilling results coming through. And there's some exceedingly yeah. high numbers. I mean, world-class numbers, off-the-scale numbers, high-grade. But as you say, that doesn't necessarily always guarantee success. It's the, the bulk, lower-grade stuff that really adds the to the metal, contained metal in the ground. So um, how are you going about the, the, the process of understanding how much metal you've got on the ground? We, we, get, we get the kind of PEAs, but the, you know, it's plus or 30% on the, on the numbers there. Are you, are you, how, how, do you incre how do you increase the scale of what you've got there? Just through the drill, but I guess. Um, very interesting point. Uh, it is 30% plus minus usually on the inferred. Uh, what we have in measure and indicate, I think it's not going to move that much. Uh, the idea now is to convert the first, first of all, moving it on, on a higher category. So now that's going to be in measure and indicated. And then in the, in the outside of the pit, there has been areas that has not been drilled for different reasons. One of them is that there were some properties that were not owned by the previous company that was owned by a grandfather that now suddenly the grandson decided to sell it to us for $300,000. And it's a brand new area where the pit can be expanded. So now we're going to be drilling that area, of course, because it's just around the pit. And that's how we're going to uh, keep increasing the resources around the pit for what we call the open pitable material. 
But then as we go from one side to the other, uh, we keep drilling at depth. And, and, and to your point, I mean, Valdor has been well known for high-grade ore. And Marvan in general was always focused in the higher part, never went less than 500 meters. And we know that Valdor goes deep up to three kilometers with La Ronde, up to two kilometers for Kina, two kilometers for uh, one, 1.8 kilometers from La, for Lapa and Goldex. So there is a lot of potential going at depth, which we want to make sure that we tackle that as well. And, uh, and if we can end up with a mine that is open pit and then goes underground, then fantastic. Now, on the underground side, we still have to do work. Okay. So what I've heard is you kind of you know, decluttered this. You're very clear about the two projects, your two core projects, about how you go about doing it. You've got the money to deliver the job program. And you think that, I mean, it's, obviously the shine has come off gold slightly in the last couple of months. But you're still getting people, you were able to raise the money last month, no problem. People are still listening and wanting gold stories, right? Not only that, I mean, uh, we, we raised the money at over $4 uh, because it's flow through, flow through shares. Our share price has declined now up to two fifty, So that, uh, that shows that we probably raised the money at the right time. Uh, now, to be sincere, there is no right time. I mean, we were probably lucky to raise the money at the time. It is a matter of what are you going to do with the money? It's not when you raise and how you raise. It's what are you going to do? What's the value you're going to create when you raise money? So that goes back to a point. If I get a 10% dilution, I need to get back into fundamental value three times more. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, we raise money. Otherwise, you don't raise money. Uh, sometimes it's better not to do anything. In our case, we believe in the idea of creating things and keep advancing things. And, and that's what we're doing. So now we have a budget for two years. And now it's time to bring the head down and execute. Just execute, execute, execute. That's it. And do you think that is going to be enough to turn the heads of investors again? Because obviously, they got excited. Share price has gone off. They've, they've got excited about something else or turned off of gold. Something's gone wrong. What do you think has happened? Well, I think eventually we will go back to the fundamentals. Um, if we think about how large investors think, like, for example, Warren Buffett, suddenly you're going to ask him, what is your best investment? And the answer will always be, I want to buy something for less than what is worth, not for cheap, it's for less than what it's worth. That's what it's going to make money for investors. So right, right now, if you look into our story, you are really buying something for less than what it's worth. Eventually, maybe not today, maybe tomorrow, we will have the opportunity to move this around. And, and when the market wakes up, it's going to be like, whoa. So that's the point. We keep executing, keep moving things along, and, uh, and we'll get there. Okay. So head down. How, how investors are going to... So the idea is head down, eyes on the prize, focus on what you can Excellent. deliver. You've got the cash to do it for the next two years. Yeah. And we can expect to see a lot more drill results and these studies coming through as, as and when they are ready. You know, uh, I have learned that in our industry, uh, fundamental value is very important. Uh, especially for, for executives like myself, because we want to be producers. But we have to be conscious of what the market wants. 
The market wants to see things big. They want to see the potential of having something very large. So we have to tackle both things. Build fundamental value, so we know that we have, at the same time, come up with discoveries. And that's what we're trying to do here. And that is the best way as well to defend our company. Because if we are the only company within the, the break that is less than $200 million, who is going to be the next one being just wrapped up? It's us. So we got to make sure that if they are going to do something to us, that we have shown the value that we have with new discoveries. So we have to tackle both things, fundamental value, exploration potential and discoveries. You look like a guy who likes to do deals though. Can I be sure that you're going to focus on these projects only and not be doing more M&A? Yeah, you're not going to see M&A unless it makes sense. <laughs> Good answer, if it makes sense. Don't tell me, three times, right? Three times. Three uh, times is on the exploration. Okay. Um, well, look, I, I've really enjoyed this. I'm, I'm, I'm liking what you guys are doing here. And thank you for the explanation, um, truly. Um, you must stay in touch. There's a lot of drilling, a lot of uh, intent. You're very clear today with me about what you're going to do. And I like that. So, um, Jose, I appreciate your time today. I know it's uh, busy, BMO week. Uh, it must have been exhausting. So look, uh, stay in touch and uh, let us know how you get on, okay? Hey, thank you so much for your time. Uh, congratulate you for your program. You're doing a great job. And I think uh, investors are appreciating what you do. Uh, reason why we wanted to be with you. So congrats again and all the best to you and your team. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.